Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome back, you guys, to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Um, I know you guys haven't heard my voice in a very long time. I'm Jihei Wiley, joined by Sporting Tribune's own Grant Mona and Brandon Deutsch. Guys, how you doing? How you living? And happy holidays. Let Brandon go first because his Lakers are something else. Let him go. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, life is good right now. Um, you know, there hasn't haven't been any annual chokes yet for the uh, Niners or Lakers, so doing pretty. I'm doing pretty well. It's more of a Niners thing, but hopefully they get the job done this year. But hyped about the Lakers forty plus point win. Excited for the in season finale. Um, Saturday tomorrow, so I'm excited for that. That's going to be hype against a really good Pacers team. By the way. Lakers, we'll get into this. They struggle against those high-paced young teams like the Kings and Pacers. So that's not a gimme matchup for the Lakers by any means. You know what? I'll give you this, Brandon. They are older. Um, they're like fine wine. They're they're getting great with age. They're still wonderful to to uh, to watch, though. Extremely entertaining. I'm looking forward to Saturday and that uh, Indiana Pacers matchup, though. Um, to be uh, to be honest with you, and I think that you're giving. I love that. Now you come down to earth and you're realistic with all of your expectations with the, this Lake show. Um, I, I love it because I like I think, you know, I, I try to be a realistic fan when it comes to every single one of my teams. And I know that you are definitely not the exception to the rule on that one when it comes to your Lakers and your Niners. So, like, I think that it's great. I personally think that you should give them a little bit more credit, though, that they are going to win this in-season tournament to, or the NBA Cup. Yeah, I mean, I, they should. I, they're the better team. They're better than the Pacers, so we can all agree on that. It's just like I, I always get nervous when you know they play teams that are like have a De'Aaron Fox or a Tyrese Halliburton that just push the pace the whole game, especially since Gabe Vincent is still hurt, right? So who's the guard that's going to be on them the whole game? You can't put D'Angelo Russell on them. You can't put Austin Reeves on them. That's the only thing I'm concerned about. But LeBron will show up as long as he shows up. You know, he'll give him a game. He's looked excellent. I think people forget that the Lakers could possibly have won a championship last year if he was healthy. I think we can see the difference now. Um, you know, how, how different it's, a, it's not just a small difference. It's vast comparatively to what he was in the Nuggets series to what he is now and how efficient he is from the floor. This is what we saw a few years ago when he was in that MVP conversation, even though the team re- wasn't really that good when he was like, you know, 
34% from three. Now he's like 36% from three, the highest of his career, 37, something like that. Um, I mean, he's doing everything at a high clip. Davis is more consistent. Team is playing defense. And you know, GA, you're, you're a big proponent on this. You know, this, as long as you play defense, you give your chance, you give yourself a chance every single night. Yeah. Amen to that. I mean, that is definitely something at least we get to see because of this in-season tournament, because of this NBA cup. Um, we finally actually are able to see a little bit of defense being you know, push to at the forefront. I feel like we don't get as much. I'm not saying that they don't play defense whatsoever. I'm just saying the level of competition and defense is not as much, right, until we get to the postseason or we get into playoff time. So I'm super psyched about that. Um, Want to talk about, you know, because there's we're, we're out bidding you right now, uh, Brandon, when it comes to two-for-one um, on the Clipper track. Um, repping my Clippers right now. Clippers play Utah tonight. Um, what, what's everybody's thoughts on, you know, how they're doing, how this clip show's doing, and how they're coming together? Well, Utah is the team that kind of forced them to do the James Harden trade because they beat them in that second game of the season, and everyone's like, oh, you can't have this team anymore. you got to make a trade, and they did make the trade. And initially, G.A., I know you've been watching it too. It was not good at all. But as of late, the Clippers have won seven of their last ten. The starting lineup, that the new starting lineup, is now doing very well in, in both offensive and defensive rating. Um, their net rating is also very good. Um, they're starting to figure out some of the lineups that initially did not look like they were going to be working at all. Um, they finally benched P.J. Tucker, which is basically this year's version of Marcus Morris Sr. Um, they're starting to play the guys that should play, except for Bones Highland. I know me and Brandon are very high on Bones Highland. Um, I'm sure his time is going to come here soon. I, I just know it. He's, he's way too talented to just be sitting on the bench um even if it's next year for the into a dome opening he's going to play at some point for the clippers um regardless <clears throat> tyron lu i've been very hard on tyron lu and he has been pretty good as of late he's actually making the right shift changes he's inserting the right players in the rotation sans bones highland i'm going to reiterate but this clippers team i think is just they're starting to figure out like if we don't change something we're going to keep doing the same thing obviously that's that's obvious but they didn't recognize it last year they're finally recognizing it playing the right players in the right spots at the right times benching russell westbrook was fine inserting james Harden in the starting lineup with terrence mann is fine playing norm powell more down the stretch is fine it's fine to change things it's fine to switch it up and i guess i don't know if it was the front office pressuring him i don't know if it was the coaching staff around tyron Lou, but he has been doing pretty good as a coach as of late and obviously they're only at 500 ga so it's not like they're 10 games over and in the one seed but it's way better than it was last week or a week and a half ago or even two weeks ago, and that's enough for me. I, I also love think- the optimism, man. But I, I'm, I'm going to let Brandon go, but I love the optimism. <laughs> Gee, no, you can go first. It's your team, too. I'll go last. I'll go from an outside no, perspective here. No, you know, you know what I think is just because I've been disappointed. I mean, I've been a Clipper fan since 1997, and – like, that's just been a whole other bag of we're just, you know, we're, we're like the Brooklyn bums, right? Like, wait till next year, wait till next year. Um, you're always kind of disappointed every single year. So when we finally actually do get a good rally, a good team, we get some great guys behind us, and then all of this kind of files out of control. And then you add James Harden, which I was not a huge proponent of this trade. I did not want it. I didn't. I, I think a lot of Clipper fans were like, where is he going to fit? This makes no sense. He needs the ball in his, in his hands 100% of the time. This makes no sense. Um, 
And then obviously in the very beginning of this trade and the season, <laughs> you know, blank hits the fan and we're, we do piss poorly. Right. So it, it, here's the thing. I get it. It's all about adjustments. You know, if they can make those adjustments, amazing, wonderful. But to me, this team has disappointed me so much that like, unless you win a title, it's that or bust for me. So I'm just going to stay disappointed until something phenomenal happens. Like and I'm talking like, you know, maybe Ty Lu doesn't have a job next season or maybe like uh, just something like astronomical um, happens where, you know, we are actually, you know, uh, NBA championship worthy or ready or can make it past the Western Conference final. So, um, I, I, again, happy that we made it to the Western Conference final, but that doesn't do anything. The city doesn't care about you making it to the Western Conference final. Nobody cares about making it to the as Western Conference see, final. As you can and see I, with the Lakers, people already forgot yeah, about that. In the city absolutely. Of I mean, think about, yeah, think about your, your 2020. Granted, it's a, it's a COVID win, but it's still a championship. You're still in the rafters as a NBA champion. Like, even that people are forgetting right now. It's three years later and people are just like, what have you done for me lately? You know? Yeah. So I, I just, until that actually happens, that day actually comes, I think I'm just going to keep my expectations extremely low. I mean, looking like a true Clipper fan. Yeah, right I was going to say, absolutely. I was going to say the organization. I mean, they don't even deserve your guys' loyalty. That is, you guys are too good for them. Too good of fans. I mean, it's just like, this is, it should not be a question. It should be comp- competing for championships every year with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I'm sorry. Like, it's not going to cut it first round exits. Like, I know they're hurt. I, I mean, you have to think about it at some point. Like, why are they hurt every single year? Now they're playing every game. Oh, and now since there's money on the line, since they want to be eligible for all NBA, oh, now they're playing every year. And guess what? I said this last year. Them playing a lot early on is going to make their bodies more sustained. You know, they'll be able to not get hurt because they'll be used to playing basketball for a lot of days straight. So what I said they should have been doing last year. That load management was actually hurting Kawhi Leonard. I'll say it right now. I said this last year. Same thing with Paul George. And I think they could be poised for a deep run. Now, the West is getting deeper, um, but, you know, the team plays defense. Ty Lue's Ty teams always play defense. I'll give him credit there. The thing I'm worried about is not James Harden anymore, um, and, and I, it's it's Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we talked about James Harden's rim uh, percentage at the rim, and it's gotten better over the past week. You know, we talked about it last week. It was, it was close to the worst it's ever been. He's now shooting more at the rim, drawing fouls at a similar clip to the previous years in Houston. He's playing better, and the thing I like about what James Harden's doing right now is he's playing unselfish. He's not trying to score 30 points per game. He's getting everybody open. He's making the extra pass, and it's kind of wild to see him be this, like, really good teammate all of a sudden. You know, I mean, it's just that this is the start. When he really likes you, he's a really good teammate. So hopefully it stays like this before he wants to be traded to Indiana, like Chuck said earlier with Halliburton. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but I will say this. It's Kawhi Leonard, uh, 35th percentile, 35th percentile. This season for PSA, 116.2. That's the worst of his career. Or second worst, besides the year he played 30 games in San Antonio. So not a big enough sample size. Kawhi Leonard has not been that good. Um, I don't think he's demanding the ball enough. I don't think he's trying to be the lead guy. He's trying to make Paul George the lead guy. And I don't think that's sustainable either. I think Kawhi really needs to start getting into a rhythm earlier on than what we saw last year, how it kind of progressed throughout the season. I think it would help them dramatically especially in games uh, against the Nuggets. I know George was the leading scorer in that game, but I think Kawhi, it would have been an easier win, I feel like, if they had gotten Kawhi going a little earlier. 
While I do agree, can I just push back real quick? While I do agree, while I do agree with you, Kawhi Leonard is notorious for having slower starts to his seasons. And even last year at this point, we were like, Oh my God, he's washed. He can't do anything anymore. He can't, he doesn't have the lift. He's, he's, he's bricking shots. And then at, as soon as January came around, Kawhi Leonard became that, I mean, he was shooting 52% from three. He was shooting even better from the field. He looked exactly. And even in the playoffs last year, he looked fantastic. So, I do understand, Brandon, you're right. He should be getting more shots. He should be getting the ball more. He should be enforcing the ball in his spots a lot more. He's He seems a little bit too passive, as does almost everybody on the Clippers right now. You're absolutely right about that. But in terms of him not looking good, I'm not really putting too much into that. First of all, because the ball is just flying around the court to everybody right now, and he's really not getting as involved as he was last year or in years past as the main guy. But also, it just takes him a little bit of time to get used to it. And over the past week or so, he's been looking like the Kawhi Leonard we saw last year in that second half. So you're right. He does need to demand the ball more, and he needs to be the focal point all the time. But also, I'm going to give him a little bit of a leash because I've seen it even last year when he wasn't even, I don't even think he was fully healthy last year. And he still in that second half looked like the Kawhi Leonard that we knew in Toronto. So I agree with you, though. Yeah, but I think um, my main, before Jihei goes real quick, I, I just wanted to add on. I, it was no, like, I obviously have seen what Kawhi's been doing recently. I'm thinking about it from the perspective of, I think he turned it on a little too late in past seasons, which led to injuries. Um, his Toronto year, he was great the whole year. So that's my, that's when I'm thinking of championships, like, the, you know, in San Antonio and Toronto that year, he was excellent those last two years, uh, you know, before the injury in San Antonio when he was playing more. And when he was playing in Toronto. So I really want to see him start a little earlier so he's able to sustain that level of dominance when he gets to the playoffs, is my point. Completely but you're, you're right. There's a lot yeah. of star power now on the team. I, I absolutely agree. I, I, I'm wondering, Grant, before I get to you, uh, Brandon, um, how long is your leash? You say, you talk about this leash that we get, we need to give him, we need to give Kawhi Leonard. How long is this leash? And uh, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of with Brandon on this one, which like rarely ever happens that I agree with you, man. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm calling a spade a spade. I, I, how long is this leash? Because you've kind of been here before you like gone through the rigmarole and you've been here before. So how long do you give Kawhi um, until he's able to perform? Because he ain't getting any younger. Uh, I'm going to give him until April and May because that's when he shows up. And I know that he'll show up when game one of the playoff starts or game one of the play-in starts. That's just how confident I am in Kawhi Leonard. There's oftentimes in, in years past where I've been like, oh my God, this team is, I mean, without Kawhi Leonard playing at his highest level, they're not going anywhere. And as soon as that ball's tipped off against the Suns last year, and as soon as it was tipped off against uh, Dallas in the years past, he turns into a different animal. So I'm not going to rule him out just because he's had a... a so so regular season or he doesn't look like himself because I've seen him just go to a different gear in the playoffs but Brandon is completely right I didn't even think about this is that he can't just turn the switch on just like he does because maybe that's leading to his injuries maybe him switching that gear to highest the highest it can go is maybe hurting himself as opposed to doing it now or doing it in January like we saw last year I mean even last year he turned it on kind of late like second half of the year and he got hurt again. So I'm kind of with Brandon, actually, in the fact that he's got to do it now. And I think, yeah. like, this week is when we kind of first saw it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, idealistically, I think that I would love – I'm all for giving people time to, like, catch up and figure stuff out. Um, 
you know, with their teammates, maybe they're not on the same page. Like they have dumped some people, brought some people back on that are new and that they all need to adjust to playing with one another. So the, the leash, I completely agree. We need to give him some time. We need to give all these guys time, right? Cause at the end of the day, yeah, you may have played AAU together, whatever, but this is the pros. It's a totally different level. You guys need to make adjustments and play with each other on a certain level. Um, I would give him a shorter leash specifically because he knows how to turn it on. He knows, like, I, I think his mentals maybe aren't there as far as, and this is just an assumption. This is obviously, I don't know quite personally. I can't really make this assumption that like, this is definitely who he is, but I think that, you know, come playoff time, like that's when he's like, okay, this is what I need to. And he needs to change that mentality. Like you guys said, he needs to change that mentality of like, look, dude, like you might get hurt again. I just, it's really frustrating. I think more, more so as a fan than as somebody that's just trying to, trying to look at this from a professional standpoint. It's just, it's really frustrating because back in the, I hate this too. I hate when people say back in my day, but I'm going to be that back in my day kind of gal. But back in our, back in the Jordan era, the magic era, those guys played through everything. Like there was no, like there was no, and they helped their bodies sustain minor injuries. And then, yes, they probably, they played through the pain, but at the same time, like, they were ready when, and they also trained for that as well, right? Like, they got into the weight room. Like, when Jordan got, you know, smoked by Detroit and powered down there, he's like, I'm never letting that happen again. He went into the weight room, lifted weights, gained more muscle mass, tried to be more stocky, and he's like, this is what I got to do in order to compete against these guys. He made those adjustments in the preseason, he made those adjustments in his time off. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you guys got to do. Screw your and, brand. And <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And everybody now is so worried about these minor injuries. Like I'll give it to a guy like Anthony Edwards, who's the complete opposite, who was play, came back a game after he sprained his ankle. Right. Love like, him. Love it's him. like, I'm trying to play every single game and what happens. He turns it to another level in the playoffs and he doesn't get hurt wouldn't matter. That's my point there. I think that's why we can yeah. attribute it, th- this to the Lakers too, in the sense where you kind of see LeBron trying to turn it on from the jump this year, because he knows in the past they were playing too many basketball games last last year, the two years, trying to get into the play-in. Every game was a playoff game. Took a toll on his body, and he's like, I need to prepare myself for that type of basketball earlier so that I'm able to sustain it most of the year, and I think we're starting to see that, you know, obviously from a 38-year-old people are going to get worried but his body is built for this. I mean, NBA players, as long as they train for a GA, you're right. They're built for this. They should be able to turn it on all year. Yeah. I mean, th- this is hoping that everybody can be, you know, like, like a Jordan can be like a Kobe can be like, you know what? Make, make those adjustments, make those, um, make those alter altercations or alter alterations. Sorry. Um, in, um, before the season even happens, well, um, pull the, the dream on, do the altercation too. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, hey, do it, you know, do both. I, I mean, did you guys already talk about that in previous shows? Because like, I I'm very okay with talking about it. Do you want to talk about Draymond? Because I'm very fine with it. Yeah, I don't yes. mind Draymond as much as other. Okay. I mean, I've I've met Draymond my... in person. He's a really nice guy. I think on the court, it's just kind of a different story. You know? Yeah, but that wasn't on the court though. That altercation wasn't on the court, man. <laughs> like, oh, the pool altercation. I'm just, I'm just saying like certain altercations are not on the court. Now, if it's just an on the court thing, I get it. I totally understand it. I, I'm not for it. It's not somebody I really want representing my organization. Um, but I understand it from a competitive perspective, a competitor's perspective. I totally understand where he's coming from. But at the end of the day, man, like 
you still have obligations to your team, right? Like you represent the Golden State Warriors. So like, don't, don't you want to represent them? Well, my mom would always say that, like you're representing the company that you work for. So you should represent it extremely well. Uh, maybe that's an old school train of thought because those guys dumped them like yesterday's trash. But at the end of the day, you know, they're still paying you, man. They're still like, they're still paying your writing down the checks for you. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, we only have a couple minutes. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah Grant, well, I, I, I was going to say the the thing about Draymond Green's antics this year compo- compared to years in the past uh, is that it's hurting the team a lot of the time. Like, he's taking technical fouls that hurt the team. They lost by one to the Kings, and guess who got a one-point technical foul late in the game? It was Draymond Green, and he's fouling when he shouldn't be. He's just playing re- more reckless this year than I've ever seen him play, and I know that's kind of saying something because we've seen some reckless acts from him, but... The, the the things that he's doing this year, I feel like are hurting them more just because of the record. They're not as talented anymore. So you can't have him do all these things. And I've even seen Steve Kerr pull him out of the game and say, listen, you can't do this. I've seen him on the sidelines going like this. You you can't do that. And I think that for Draymond Green, he's got to kind of little, you know, he's got to tone it down now. He could get away with it with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson at their peak. Now you kind of can't. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I know we don't have much time here, but I, I think Draymond, it, it's it's not benefiting the team this year. He also yeah, shouldn't have let Pool pull get to him in that alter. I mean, Draymond's had such a better career. I don't know exactly. what could have... I know the things that were claimed that were said, and those are hurtful, and Pool should have been gone regardless. They never should have paid Pool. But at the end of the day, like, you're... Again, I, I don't think you should have... You're hit Draymond him. Green, man. You're Draymond Green. Yeah. Yeah, He's Jordan a, Pool. Like, what what yeah, is exactly. he done? Like, how many, how many rings does he have? You know? So, um, One. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but again, I, like Draymond has more. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like you sh- you can you can definitely you can reel it in a little bit, and you're supposed to be the older vet, right? Um, let's chill for now. But when we get back, we'll uh, keep talking some maybe some football, maybe a little bit more NBA, um, and I'd love to talk about a little college basketball, guys, if you don't mind. Um, when we get back on the Arash Markazi show. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back, guys, to the Arash Markazi Show, presented again by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Normally, we would go to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline, but we already got two amazing guests here in Grant Mona and Brandon Deutsch and keeping it old school here for the Rosh Markazi show. So guys, um, I did tease a little bit about us talking about the NFL. Um, You know, 
NFC West has just been very, very intriguing to me. Um, Want to talk about that, and then maybe we can skip over to college uh, football as well because um, playoff time is coming, bowl, bowl time is coming. It's a great time of the year right now. I freaking love it. Um, thoughts on the NFC West, um, and I guess we'll start with the Rams. You want to start with no, the Rams? No, Let, <laughs> no. Let's start with good. the leader. Let's start with the leader of the NFC I'm West. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. And then, and then we'll go to the second best team in the NFC uh, West. I think, yeah, I, I think the Rams deserve a lot of love for what they're doing right now. I do think they'll lose on Sunday. Um, I know Grant hates that. I, I just think the Ravens are the second best team in the NFL. I think it's like Niners, Ravens, and then there's a huge gap right now. If I'm just like, look, like, I'm not saying like one, two, I'm just saying like, those are, the, I am. That was my look, Super Bowl pick. Yeah. That was Grant's Niners. preseason Super Bowl pick, by the way. So it's looking good right now. And by the way, conspiracy theorists out there, the colors of the With Super the colors? Bowl are purple yeah. and red this year. Yeah. So those are, and it's happened the last like three or four years where they put the colors out and those teams have actually played. Um, so it doesn't look like the Vikings are making it. So it's looking like a, like a, a, a nice little crisp prediction. I hope you're right. Cause I do want redemption on the Ravens for back when I was a young, young little man, uh, you know, in Kaepernick, the comeback just short, the pass interference that should have been called, um, you know, when Crabtree went up, that was ridiculous, but whatever. We won't talk about that. GA watched that. So she really, knows that was pass interference. Really quick. Ahead. I was about to say really quick question. You've never seen your, your team win a Super Bowl. No, not in my lifetime. Wow. All the old heads are always like, I have friends at the gym that are like in their, in their, you know, fifties and sixties that are, you know, the, they used to play football and they've seen like, you know, Joe Montana, Steve. No, not in my yeah. lifetime. So I'm, I was I'm, just going to say, I'm like, cause I'm that generation that's like, I thought, yeah, you know, Joe Montana, be, Steve I Young. I think this year, this year, I kind of, I'm not saying I, I expect us to win, but I would be extremely surprised if they stay healthy and they don't win. Because the team metrically, if you're just looking at the stats, like you can look on the football field, the Niners look like the real deal. But if you look at the stats too, metrically, their DVOA is the best combined offensively and defensively of any football team in the last 30 years. One of the best, one of the top three or four teams in the last 30 years. So, I mean, as long as they stay healthy enough, like none of the main guys get hurt because injuries happen. They already lost to Funga, which was a big loss. Guys have stepped in. Um, but I think, you know, the Niners, hopefully the Cowboys beat the Eagles this weekend. They can get the one seed, but they kind of showed they can go anywhere and just dominate teams when they need to. But I, I do want to say, like, I, I don't like the team I do not want to play in the first round. If we don't get the one seed is the Rams. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you because that's yeah. probably the, that's the, I know Kyle usually beats McVay, but. Well, not in the time that mattered the most. So I'm going to be real. I'm an honest Niners fan. That was the one I would trade all of the times we beat the Rams, but for that one win. So, I mean, you know, like the Rams are hot. They're a hot team right now. Yeah. And I I was just going to say, I'm finding myself, I I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm rooting for the Niners in this next upcoming week. And then I'm also rooting for them to get the one seed so that in week 18, when the Rams play the Niners in San Francisco or in Santa Clara, there's nothing to play for for the Niners, so they rest yeah. all their players, and we get a win to get into the playoffs. <laughs> so I'm actually rooting for the Niners a few times, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, look, the, the Niners were my Super Bowl pick for a reason. I mean, they are stacked from top to bottom. Obviously, the loss of Hofunga is is big, but not as big if you're a team that has so much talent. Um, and you know, they haven't even played. I feel like at their peak yet. I know they beat the the Eagles pretty handily, um, but. 
I just feel like this team has another level to take it to. And Brock Purdy has been a sensation for this team. He's actually a legit quarterback. Let's stop all the line. He can actually take this team to a Super Bowl. He is a Super Bowl leading guy. He can do that. Um, not just that, but I mean, Brandon Ayuk, cause I mean, we, me and Brandon have been raving about Brandon Ayuk for a long time. He's finally proving why he's one of the best receivers in all of football. I mean, he's sensational. Not to mention they have my MVP pick in Christian McCaffrey as well. He has been otherworldly. Yeah. I I mean, they have, I mean, I could go down the list of, of names, but I mean, it's just unbelievable how stacked this team is. That's why Brandon is is saying that it's kind of like a Super Bowl or bust year because you have just so many expectations coming off of last year and coming off of the year before in the Shanahan era. It's been disappointment, you know, and that's just what it is. You know, none of it's going to matter unless he gets a. Exactly. Exactly. Straight up. Exactly. Like with the Niners, it's like, they, I mean, say what you want about the Cowboys choking. Like, none of Mike McCarthy's legacy is going to matter unless they win. Right. Like, those organizations, none of that matter unless you get a ring. Uh, I was about yeah, to say, I'm like, I think that isn't that depend. That's obviously dependent on like the organization that you're with, right? Like, oh, for sure. Are, like, if it's if, if, if you're McCarthy- playing for the Bears now, like, okay, you get to the playoffs, you're an all-time coach. You know, they haven't won since they used to win all the time. You right, know, right. It's not even 1983 anymore. Alive, but like, yeah. or grandfathers, but like now it's different. Like the Niners are consistently good and have come, in, come up short, right? Like that's the difference. So yeah, yeah Grant, go it, on. Sorry. Yeah, go. no, no, you're good. I mean, I, I, I was just justifying my pick for the Super Bowl, but, yeah. uh, but in, in terms of the Rams, I mean, you're right. They, if they continue on a streak, which I don't believe they're beating the Ravens, I do think it's going to be close, but you know, they're playing in Baltimore. They're playing in sloppy oh, weather. Place to play. It's going to be raining. It's going to be windy. Um, so I don't expect them. This was one of the games I kind of X'd out as uh, just a, a loss. I, I didn't really think even if they were at, a better than they were right now. I don't think they would have beaten Baltimore. Um, but they have a favorable schedule yep. after I that. I mean, they play the, the Saints, the Commanders, the Giants, um, and then they play w's. the Niners. Right. Exactly. So, you know, you can say this is a loss and they'll go to six and seven. Oh, boo hoo. There's already on the outside looking in. Honestly, for me, Brandon, this is already a win of a year anyways. Like, yeah. there are people that were projecting this team to be in the Caleb Williams hunt and for the top five lottery pick. And for them to have six wins, their their win total was at five or five and a half. They've already exceeded that. I've been so happy with the development of the rookies. Jihei and I have been talking about this since, what, Jihei, April or May, about how good Puka Nakua is, about oh, how good easily. some of these rookies are. And Puka yeah. Nakua is already a top 10 receiver in the league. He's already eclipsed a 1,000 yards. Uh, Kyron Williams looks like a top back in the league. For a team that, you know, a lot of people thought wouldn't even be in, they'd be sitting guys by now. This is a huge win for Rams fans. This is a huge win for me because I just get to watch and sit back and relax and enjoy it. Yes, of course, Rams fans want to make the playoffs now. Obviously want to win as much as possible. But even if they fall short of a playoff spot, I am so excited for the offseason and for next year. So Rams fans, I know they're going to probably get upset. Oh, you know, what if we miss it? It doesn't matter. This is supposed to be a rebuild year, a retool year. And they're at six and six comparative with some of the teams that should have been way better than they are right now so be happy rams fans now i will say this though (laughs) i will say this about seattle i still think seattle is a pretty good football team um they played the niners better than the eagles they're going to play the niners very close this week um i I mean the niners are notoriously known for beating the crap out of a team and then you know barely getting a win against the team they really should beat by a fair amount so i think 
that they're on upset alert on Sunday. I think the Niners will win, but I think they'll be close, really close. And by the way, the Seahawks almost went into Dallas and beat them. They should have won that game, right? So, like, the Seahawks are no joke either. The only unfortunate thing for them is they lost both games to the Rams. So, it's not, they kind of have to... So. That's the only thing that concerns me from a Niners fans perspective. And if you're watching the game and you look at that line and it's so tantalizing, like minus 10 Niners, they've been blowing teams out of the water. Niners don't need to win that game. The Seahawks do. The Niners can afford a loss. So you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yes, they want the one seed, but is it the end of the world if they have the two or they just went into Philadelphia and bum rushed them, right? Like that's the only thing that concerns me. If I'm a Rams or Niners fan thinking about that, like, Seattle desperately needs to win because they play Philly the following week, too. So I'm just thinking about it from that. Uh, Brandon, I was going to ask you because there's so much talk about the MVP and uh, if Brock Purdy should be in that. I wanted to see your thoughts on it uh, as a Niner fan because a lot of people are saying, oh, well, all he does is throw the ball vert, you know, to the east and west and the guys run for 50 yards. All he does is this. All he does is that. He's not this. What are your thoughts on That's, him being in the MVP race right first now? Off, this controversy, I guess. People are too reactionary. That was only against the Eagles because Debo <laughs> went for like yards after the catch. He was a yak monster that game. That throw uh, to McCaffrey that he threw the ball before McCaffrey was even in his route was ridiculous. The throw to Ayuk for the touchdown the week before downfield. The throw to Kittle against the Jaguars. He's Look at how many throws. you're naming. You're naming he's, so many he, good he's throws. He's making throws only four or five other quarterbacks in the National Football League can make. Like that. Like he's good. He's also his EPA and his you know it's like top in the league. His expected you know passing uh, uh, like uh, yards or whatever or EP whatever that stat is that downfield the downfield stat. He's he's top in the league. Uh, it's not like he, when he gets, he's the most efficient downfield passer in football with Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. I think they're like those three are in the mix there. Um, so it's, you know, when he throws downfield, when he has to, he gets the job done. He's also the best court. He has the highest QBR and pass rate in the league when being blitzed. So it's, you get, what can you do? Right. Like it's mm-hmm. like, that's why it's hard to figure out. Um, and you know, I really think they would have won the Super Bowl last year had he been healthy, even as a rook, because you know, you saw what they just did in Philly, and yeah, they looked like crap the first quarter, like they did in Philly last year. But who would have known if they had a quarterback? Obviously, they came out and balled out, and they had a good game plan. And it's kind of like there was a guy on NFL Network who was like, "It's kind of like when Happy learned how to putt last year, you know, and the <laughs> Cappy Gilmore." And it's like, what can you do now? You know, if they're healthy, they are so hard to beat because you blitz Brock Purdy, he's going to kill you on the deep ball. You don't beat him. He's going to throw those screen routes to Debo and CMC and, you know, Kittle, and they'll beat you there. Um, so really the only way to beat the 49ers is to force Brock Purdy to turn the ball over. Um, and right now he's just, I mean, he takes risks, but he's playing really good football. So I think if you're going to give it to a quarterback, I think he does deserve it out of the quarterbacks. I mean, cause the only big game I've seen Dak win and maybe that'll change this weekend. And the Eagles, we all know are not as good as their record. So does that even matter if Dak wins that football game? In my opinion, like Brock Purdy beat the Cowboys 42 to 10 and beat the Eagles 42 to 19 and also had a passer rating combined of like 155 in that game. So to, if you're going to give it to a quarterback, I think it should be Brock Purdy. However, I'm with Grant. I think Christian McCaffrey is my vote for MVP, just what he does for the football team. Also, the best blocking, one of the best blocking backs in the league. Um, I think that goes on. You have to block if you're a 49er, by the way. That whole scheme has got to block. <laughs> Otherwise, you're off the team. Um, you know, that's why Juwan Jennings has a job as a wide receiver three. He's an excellent blocker. 
Uh, and then Tyreek's second. I think what Tyreek has done for the Dolphins is just Puka's kind of third. Yeah, Puka. I mean, oh, Puka's third sure. as a rookie. Puka's Stroud, a Stroud's run. up there too. I mean, you Stroud, Stroud is at, up like, there. Stroud's up there, but yeah, Stroud is up there. Uh, I don't. I don't. I want to say I don't think that he would be third. I I agree with you, Grant. Puka number three for sure, considering what he's done and how he's been able to bounce back. It was more he of a joke, work. but <laughs> he needs, here's my thing. I dude, you know my love for that kid. Oh yeah, I think yeah. he needs. Like I, I have made it very, very apparently clear how much I think how great that <laughs> kid is. BYU guys, Fred Warner too. Yeah. Yeah, I, he's he's again. I think unfortunately due to injury, isn't that the reason why he dropped so far? Yeah. Um, in the draft, but um, he needs to learn how to get hit, man, because oh, it's <laughs> killing his game. It is killing his game, and like he's so questionable for this Ravens uh, yeah. against the Ravens this week. So it's just always learn how to get hit, my guy. Yeah, yeah it's always questionable because I mean, he gets like nine or ten catches a game. He's yeah. smoked, you know. Well, again, he's getting hit, and then he's not able to sustain the hit. And then all of a sudden, like some small little injury, like we talked about in the NBA, this happens as well in the NFL. And obviously, it's a physical game. They're going to get hurt. There's going to be bumps, and there's going to be bruises. It's just how you deal with them later. And this was actually what I was going to ask you, Brandon, in the first segment. Um, do you think that more playing time, i.e. playing in the preseason, maybe um, prepping for all that would help in the NFL as well for less injuries? Or is it just one of those, like, it's the flipping NFL, guys. Like, they're going to get hurt. I think the NFL is different than the NBA in that sense. I mean, there's less games. It's a once-a-week thing. I think playing in the preseason once, like, one of the three games is probably best um, for at least a half. Um, you know, I think that's been the nine, the big franchise's philosophy, like the Niners, the Cowboys, like the Eagle, like. They play one half of the preseason and then they're ready to go week one because it's different in the NFL when you can get injured so more, it's more frequent, right? Than the NBA where you play a longer season. Um, and again, there's not also the NFL. It's like you can prepare your body so you could still get hurt. You can still tear your Achilles, tear your ACL on any play. Whereas the NBA, if you prepare your body and you play more and more and you sustain like the minor injuries, you'll be able to, you know, Get past, and I think another example is Kevin Durant after his Achilles injury. He comes back, plays the whole year. If he wasn't, you know, if his foot wasn't so damn long, you know, he would have been in the finals maybe. I mean, now you get an excellent year, probably one of the best years we've ever seen from a guy at his age come come back from an Achilles injury, right? The NFL, still going. Yeah, still going. Um, the NFL, it's different, right? Because it's like, well, you can't prepare for the hits you're about to get. Like throughout the season, you do, and you play enough games. I feel like to sustain that, right? So I don't think it matters as much in the NFL unless you have like a guy that needs reps, like Kenny Pickett. That's why I played in the preseason. He obviously needs more reps. You know, like guys like that. Like that's important. But in the NBA, I think it matters way more to give your best effort. Um, like the guys in the NFL do every week, I think that should be attributed to the NBA in, in most of their games. I think it would benefit them tremendously for the playoffs. Um, yeah, speaking. I mean, speaking of playoffs, let's let's get to bowl season, guys. Um, got five minutes left, so let's let's go to bowl bowl games. I'm you want to see Louisville? Yeah, let's let's talk <laughs> about it. I guess. I mean, do you really want to? I mean, Louisville <laughs> doesn't even have their starting quarterback, right? Like, is, is, aren't they kind of like in the? Is this I'd even something that USC. you're like super psyched? But here's the thing: Are you even psyched to watch the this matchup? I'm like, glad the even... committee respected the brand of USC and gave them Louisville. They could have done them like a disservice and given them like Iowa State or something. Like you know, Louisville's a ranked team. Yes, they got beat by ten by Florida State, 
they couldn't throw the ball past 10 yards in that ACC team. But let's be let's be real here. Florida State without their quarterback would smack USC tomorrow just because of their defense. It would be like like you know like with no Caleb Williams. Like come on. So I do think that Louisville is a tough test for them, but I think that they also gave Lincoln Riley some some credit. They were like, look, we'll give you a formidable opponent, see what you can do with new guys. Guys are leaving or transferring. Let's see if you can coach in this game. Um, I think this will be a game that USC gets up for. Um, last year, they were really mad about the CFP, missing it, losing twice to Utah, and they didn't show up against Tulane. We all saw that. Um, I think this is a different thing. I think they kind of want to get momentum going into next season not ending their season on a lot. I think they'll beat Louisville. I do. Even with Miller Moss at quarterback. I think I really do. Yeah. And it might sound crazy, Grant. I just, well, it does. It does well, the, the reason, the reason I say that is just because I've seen it so many times this year about their defense letting him down. And that was with a healthy Caleb Williams balling out. Like he would bail them out a lot of times. Now in this bowl game, you don't have that. I, I know ACC, you're going to have Miller yeah. Moss, but I mean, I've seen USC blow leads to Cal and teams like yes. San Jose State yes. put up 35, yeah. 20 something. So it doesn't really give me a lot of optimism to play it. Even I know it's uh, a ACC school. I know it's Louisville and I know that it's probably not a power five, you know, threat. But with USC this year, at least, I haven't seen them do anything to make me believe in them in this bowl game. That's all but I'm saying. I think that's the whole point, is my point there. I think the point is you're going to have underdogs that really are like wanting to play for a role next year. They want to play for a job. Like Miller Moss does not want, you know, the guy from Kansas State to come in who's rumored to come in and play quarterback. Like he wants to play quarterback. These receivers, like they want to. Go in with momentum, like backup players that want to get reps. They, you know, guys like Bullock will probably go in the draft. Like a backup safety will probably want to get reps. Right, I don't care if they're any good. I want Moxie. I want them to give their all. And I think yes. these guys would give their all, which is why I would pick them to win. I think Louisville's, you know, they lost to Florida State. They're like, they're, I think it's complete opposite. It's really not a good combination for Louisville when you have a team that wants to prove a lot coming in and they are coming off of a loss and they're like kind of screw this season, right? Because they would have gone to a power, one of the big bowls, if they had won the ACC and beaten Florida State, they would have been an automatic bid to whatever freaking dumb bowl they don't Like the Orange Bowl or like the, or not the, well, the non-CFP ones. Like Liberty or, I think also the committee did an absolute disservice to Oregon giving them Liberty. That is ridiculous. Florida State versus Georgia. Come on, man. They had an epic scenario to go Georgia, Ohio State or Georgia, Oregon, and then Ohio State, Florida State. Or, you know, Florida State, they they had to split them up. Why did they give Oregon Liberty? I'm sorry, Missouri sucks. I don't care. The SEC <laughs> was terrible this year. It was awful besides Bama and Georgia, okay? Missouri's going to get smoked. They should have had, they, sorry, it just pissed me off. They gave Bo Nix in his final game Liberty. He's going to throw for like 600 yards. I know, that's going to be an easy ride. I mean, I understand Liberty's 13-0, and but Oregon, like, they should have, they were almost going to be a college football playoff team, and they have to play Liberty. Like, I, I feel like it is a little bit of disrespect. Um, just real quickly, I'm going to go with my, uh, my championship pick. I'm going to go with Michigan, and I'm going to go with Washington, and uh, I'm going to go with Michigan winning it all. That's all. Are you putting down a million dollar bet like Mr. Dan? No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Like Presidente? No, no million dollar bet. Bama's going to lose. Bama's going to lose. I agree with Grant. Oh, no. I'm I'm all for Bama possibly losing. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I have been rooting for this Penix kid since day one of his senior year. I cannot wait to watch him play um, and possibly for the Washington's going to win it all? Dude, I'm putting my money on him. 
I, I know. Oh, I know. I'll, I'll, well, look, I, I can't. Know. I can't. I can't I argue it. They've barely lost. They haven't lost. They win every game. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, this was so much fun. I, I hopefully we can do it again next week. That's all she wrote. Let's do it again um, on Monday, guys. See you then. This is the Arash Marakazi show. Stay, stay, stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.